You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, every time my next guest comes on the show, I get a bunch of feedback and I am always happy to invite her back because alcohol, booze, wine, I'm not going to go through all the different names of alcohol, Jackie, I could be here all day, <laughs> uh, is, it's a very popular subject, especially when it comes to planning a celebration. Jackie Strum from Thirsty Nest, welcome back to the Bride Chiller podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always so much fun. Oh, I love having you here. And let's, before we do anything, you've been on the show. I think this is your third, but maybe your fourth time. Am I wrong? Uh, It's my third time. Well, congratulations. I feel like there'll be many more. Um, Jackie, (laughs) if people haven't heard you on the show, I would suggest they go back and just search for alcohol uh, via the thebridechiller.com. You'll see all the episodes, but you've been on episode 338, episode 271, and now this very episode. But they're great blogs that go with your previous episode, and you've always got good stuff to say. But if people are unknown to you, if you don't know, if they don't know what you do, uh, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about your business before we get cracking on to ask, answering, not asking, I'll probably be asking questions as well, answering bride chiller and groom chiller questions all about alcohol. Sure. So uh, I've been in the wine and spirits industry for years, essentially my whole life, but um, over a decade in the field. And I uh, started a new business about a year and a half ago. That mm-hmm. is the first wine and spirits wedding registry platform titled Thirsty Nest. So uh, I found in my experience, I just didn't need all the stuff we seem to feel required to register for. And I felt like this was a big gap in the industry and we've seen a lot of success. So we want to help brides and grooms fill their home bars for their life together. I love, you know, when we first met and you contacted me and we started chatting, I was like, oh my God, this is the best idea. And uh, I still think it's the best idea. And I'm so, so stoked that it's going so well for you and people are, are, are picking up what you're putting down. It's great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been a really interesting uh, couple of years getting it started. And I think it's just really resonating because people are getting married later, they're living together longer, and we probably all already have a coffee maker. So I think that's really fit in with what's going on. Yeah, and, and I think we're seeing that a lot in um, you know looking at wedding registries and what people are choosing to spend their money on or asking other people to spend their money on. Right. It, you know, it's not the standard stuff anymore, is it? Because we've all probably, well, we don't need to. We're all. I say we're all Marie Kondoing the shit out of it now. <laughs> Yes, I love that show and I love her and yes. <laughs> I love it too. I love the concept. I don't know if I'm living by it, but I'll embrace it at least on the TV screen. Exactly. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Marie Kondo is uh, she, well, she's had a number of very well-received books where she basically inspires people to throw everything away that doesn't bring them happiness. Is that how I'm mm-hmm. going to say it? Spark joy. That's what Does she says. Spark joy. No, yes, chuck no. it out. <laughs> I pick up colanders and, and spoons now in the house. And I'm like, Rich, does this spark joy? And he's like, just put it back in the fucking cupboard. We haven't got time or interest to throw it away. Exactly. Uh, he does have a, a fun Netflix show that where she goes in and basically de-hoards everything, which I am very uh, – I enjoy watching. I mm-hmm. enjoy watching. Um, so we put a request, we put a call out in the Bride Chiller community Alert anyone who is not a member of the Bride Chiller community on Facebook, just join, join. And the secret code word, this is always funny, Jackie, when we when we invite people to join, we ask three questions. One, 
are you getting married or are you a wedding professional? Two, uh, mm. do you agree to be just generally a good person and not an asshole? <laughs> and the third one <laughs> is what does Alicia say at the end of the show? And look, this is a big tip, everyone. You'll hear it at the end of the show, but the secret code word is happy days. So, mm. you know, just use it and then I'll know you're not some sort of scammer troll and I'll let you into my group. Fun tip. <laughs> um we put out a, we put out a, a request saying if you have an alcohol related question, jump on board because Jackie will be answering questions this episode. And we got so many responses. Yeah, it was amazing. You're very popular. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was. But, I, it's so fascinating to see what people are curious about. So it was, it was great. Well, it's great. I, I also enjoyed reading through the questions and it always sort of makes me realize what I have covered or what I haven't covered or what I could go back and talk more about on the show. And it's really, you're right, it's one of those topics that piques a lot of interest because I think a lot of people are confused. But also, like most facets of wedding planning, we've not had to buy this amount of stuff before and you wonder if I, am I going to run out? What's the appropriate amount? How much money should I spend? There's so many good questions. So right. we, you have been very organized and you have created a Google Docs, which I love you to death for. <laughs> yes, so, I love I love Google Docs. Oh, <laughs> Probably my too much. God. Jackie, when you sent it through, I was like, oh, my gosh, you've just made my day so much better. Um so you've collated some of your favorite questions and we're going to try and just like hammer through them because I think so many good answers, so many good questions, and I think we're all going to learn something. So how about I read the questions out and then you just answer them and we'll just go hell for leather. Sure. Sounds great. I'm speaking Can't... fast because I feel like I'm excited. There's so much to say. <laughs> uh, first one, booze is fun. This is so true uh, and great. But my question is about also involving cannabis in the festivities. Uh, are more wedding opting for are more weddings? Oh, I've already fucked it up, Jackie. <laughs> it's okay. It's because it sounds like I've been smoking the dupes. Um, <laughs> are more weddings opting for both? I love this question, and I think it's a very modern question to kick off this episode with. Yes, what do you and. Think? Uh, well, we're talking about it constantly in the wine and spirits industry. Everybody and their mother is trying to figure out a way to create a startup that answers the need. Um, yeah. But in in terms of I, a lot of it, really depends on legality in your uh, region, state, country. But uh, in general, I think it's a welcome change, and I think there's a lot of ways to do it without turning your wedding into like a Snoop Dogg video. Um, <laughs> So there's all these new amazing startups that are kind of like luxury driven and very discreet and won't make any guests uncomfortable that have not really gotten on the bandwagon yet. So mm. a few of my favorites is um, Dosist or Bebo. They're these like very chic little vaporizers that you can get. Um, yeah, they're adorable. And uh, I wish they, it was, it's not legal in New York, which is where I'm based. So I haven't been able to get my hands on one yet, but um, on the West coast, I know that they're pretty big. Um and you can actually dose this specifically. You can uh, limit the amount you intake so your guests can stay, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. They'll remember yeah. the wedding, which you want yeah. them to do. Um, yeah. And then, of course, chocolates, gummies, all those kinds of things. Just a nice thing for people who are in the know to have something a little fun to enjoy at the wedding. I did put a post out this is about a month or two ago because Rich and I have been using CBD 
uh, mm. CBD oil and, and tablets. Rich suffers from restless leg syndrome, which doesn't ah. sound, it, you know, it's one of those things where you get up at night and you feel very sort of, you've got to move around. And it drove him insane and also me insane because I'm like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, get back into bed. Very understanding and caring I am. Yes. Uh, but he's been taking the CBD as well as his medication. It's been really helping him. And and I put a call out to the Bridechiller community and I said, I think CBD a, a range might be right, like something up my alley because, you know, mm-hmm. bride chiller, I feel like this could be a good thing. So we have been exploring the CBD industry. It's complicated and mm-hmm. uh, interesting, but I think this is a very modern take and I'm excited to see where it goes for lots of different people and I hope they can get legalizing wherever you are if they're not mm-hmm. already. It will be legal nationally in the U.S. very soon because of the Farm Bill, it's called. Uh-huh. That um, was so like a few tuned. months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, exactly. And uh, there's so many like adorable ways to take it. Like Lord Jones is this high-end chocolate company. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, everyone's just having fun making new products. So, yeah, yeah I hope I- it's legal soon. I got a catalogue from a supplier, from a, a really big white label supplier, and they were like gummies. You could do a face cream. You could mm-hmm. do, they were putting it in everything. And I was like, uh-huh. my, my head was exploding with ideas. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, stop starting businesses. <laughs> uh, Jackie, next question. Where are the best places to buy alcohol if you are bringing it yourself? And just a side note, if you get to BYO your booze to your uh, venue, Good for you. It's a very good place to be. Yeah, it's absolutely much better and much more cost effective. Um, so in the U.S., uh, I'll speak to that specifically since I know it a little better, although some might have crossover. Um, the what, What's good to be aware of is there's a three-tier system, and that makes alcohol more expensive um, in how it gets into your hands. So any way to avoid one of those tiers, either by going directly to the winery and buying it from them, or actually going to <laughs> retailers and buying their in-house brands, mm-hmm. those will always be the best thing for the buck. So um, in like a Total Wine is a big chain in the United States. A lot of their wines they make in-house are actually made by more expensive labels right next to the same bottle, but they just charge less because they're oh. at Total. Um, Costco does the same thing. Uh and it's just a little like insider tip to get the best thing for your buck. Um, it's almost always best to go that route. That's so interesting that you said that about the the made by the same wineries or the same producers. It's how do you crack that case? Is it detective work or you just got to try before you buy? Uh I would say you probably have to know, know the person making it. Yeah. Um, but either you could actually ask someone at the store. They'll probably be able to tell you. Um, they'll know if it's the same like juice that they're using in one bottle next to the other. One might be thirty dollars, the other's fifteen, mm. uh, but it's actually the same grapes going into the bottle. Um, so I think rely on the people in the store heavily. They are super knowledgeable. They have to pick a lot of the wines themselves, so that's a great place to start if you're not sure. I don't know if I've said this before, Jackie, and just tell me if I'm repeating myself like an old lady, but when we moved from Australia to the UK, there's a lot of supermarkets here. You can sell alcohol in within the supermarkets, which is, was new to us because in Australia, you have to uh, buy booze from a, a what we call a bottle shop, which is something that I realize no one else calls it except for Australians, a liquor store in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but you couldn't buy them in the supermarket. You couldn't go in and buy wine in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing all of these Australian wines in the supermarket and, and thinking, I don't know any of these vineyards. I, these are all very new to me. I thought I was pretty snazzy with the wine knowledge. 
And then I went into a more refined liquor store here who was a wine specialist. And I asked the guy, what's the deal with these Aussie wines in the supermarkets? Mm. And he said, well, be careful because next time you go into the supermarket, read the label and see where the wine is actually bottled. And the story that he gave, and I'm, I'm sure it's true, I don't think he would be lying to me, mm-hmm. was that a lot of the uh, bigger wineries in Australia and New Zealand, when they get to the end of their run and they've bottled their own wine, that they sort of, it's probably not the slops, I don't want to make it sound bad, but it was the excess that they would then put into big vats and then they ship it to Europe and then they bottle under a new sort of not fake, it's real, but a new vineyard name, uh, they bottle it here. So it's much cheaper to import uh, import into Europe than in bottles. They can just put it in these big vats. So mm-hmm. that was a fun thing to learn. So now I, whenever I go to the supermarket, I use uh, an app, which I'm about to ask you about. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vivino. Have you heard oh, of Oh, yeah. I, we work with them all the time. I know Vivino right. very well. Yeah, they're great. Okay. So this is an app that I was going to ask. Well, I'm glad you know it. I now use Vivino in the supermarket to then like take pictures of all of the <laughs> labels Otherwise, to uh-huh. see if they're quote unquote real wine or if they're specially made. So that's <laughs> my story for you, Jackie. I've been saving it up. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I think that they're an excellent tool. I know a lot of people who use Vivino and they're a good tool to find wines that uh, you don't really have access to locally because they work with a lot of online retailers. Um, so yeah, Vivino's great. That's good. And, and I, it, it, that's true, unfortunately, about the, the wines being shipped that way. <laughs> yeah, it really Common. surprised me. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, it's cheaper, but I always, I always think, oh, but if you only had real Australian wine with the real label, then I'd know what the fuck I'm drinking. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, here's one that we actually had a few different versions of this question, but I, I, we'll just go with this one because I think it seems like a common question. Is upgrading to a nicer booze really worth it? What alcohol are actually worth upgrading? Yeah, I thought that was a great question. And I don't know if anyone's asked it before. So I would say in general, across the board, you want at least all the alcohol to be fairly decent. There's mm-hmm. uh, when, when it's really the bottom of the barrel, like the plastic jug kind of vodka sort of thing. Yeah, it, it's just, it's not good quality and it's can sometimes actually make people sick or more hungover the next day um, mm-hmm. because of the quality being so low. But let's say you're using all fairly decent quality spirits. I would say if you want to splurge on one, I would only really look to the bottles that people drink uh, neat or alone. So right. maybe your brown spirits. Um, but for the most part, the other the other mixers like gin, vodka, tequila, they'll probably be mixing it with something that'll mask a lot of the nuances of the spirit. So the brown spirits are maybe where I would spend a little more money if that's something you want to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, and I, I'm a new whiskey drinker, Jackie. I've Ooh, just- exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I I, I feel grown up. Um, mm. I'm a bit on myself. I'm smug, but I have noticed <laughs> now. I'm very new in the whiskey world, but I have noticed the difference quite quickly when you go yeah. into a bar and order and go, whoo, and the burning, the burning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little getting used to. Add a little water too; that can help. Yes. Now, tell me about the water. Is it a still water? Do I put an ice in it? What do you recommend? Um, so I, it depends on the, the drink, but I usually add, if it's a really good whiskey, a little dash of very cold, like good ice water to cool it down. And the water kind of opens up the palate so you can taste the flavors a little more instead of getting that knock knock in the face of alcohol and like yeah. heat that can kind of just 
immediately blow out your mouth and you're kind of like, is this just alcohol? Yeah. So I think that that helps a lot. And actually when people are professionally tasting, they typically do that to help them taste all the different notes in the whiskey. Good. I will look a lot more professional next yes. when next I order. <laughs> uh, and I'm really enjoying drinking it, but I, I am definitely seeing the difference in costs and what, right. what, what I'm what I'm drinking. Although, you know, and I like a vodka soda and I agree with you. Yes, it's nice having a more expensive vodka, but you know what? If I put enough lime in it, who knows? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what's your favorite spirit to drink, Jackie? Hmm, it really depends on the time of year. Uh, right now I've been drinking a lot of mezcal. Um, it's like a smoky take on tequila. So I'll make oh. uh, drinks you would make with whiskey, but I'll make it with mezcal. Um, and I just find it like a really interesting flavor profile. Uh, and I can send I can send you guys a recipe if that's helpful. But my husband and I have been playing around in the kitchen and making a lot of new recipes that have been really fun. Oh, I love it. Please, yes, let's share a recipe on the blog for this week. I think that would be really great. Yeah. Inspired. I think it's like cooking with booze. Sometimes you get stuck in a bit of a rut and you're like, I'm sick of this one. And then you realize, especially when if you've got a little bit of a bar going and you can do a mixed drink, it can be quite exciting to discover something new. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I totally agree. And then it kind of opens up your world to a whole other realm, which is great. Oh. I have to tell you a, a terrible story, but I'm just going to admit so. It's well, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's great. Um, we went away on a ski trip with my cousin who lives in in the states, and uh, they have just she's an Aussie and her husband's American, and they have just discovered air quotes um, Negroni, and uh, they're having an Aperol spritz. Sorry, they've discovered mm. spritz. That's mm-hmm. with Negroni, isn't it? No, it's with uh, Aperol. It's with Idiot. Aperol or Campari. Oh, Campari. So she's become mildly obsessed with this drink. And of course, in Europe, everyone drinks it everywhere. Yeah. And we had a couple of drinks at a ski bar and they they brought out their <laughs> spritz in the official spritz glasses, mm-hmm. which had the big, you know, the logo on the side. And she's like, oh my God. And after actually listening to your episode, she went out after that. When they got uh, married, they bought a beautiful bar cart. So she Mm. wanted these glasses for the cart. So we had had a couple of drinks and we put them in our ski helmets and we walked out with them, which is bad. Everyone, it's bad. (laughs) It's theft, Uh but it's bad. Anyway, (laughs) her husband's like, I have nothing to do with this. I don't want to take part in your theft, you bad people. Um, And anyway, she wrapped them up. And then she had to get back to Chicago and he's like, they're never going to make it. You're a bit irresponsible. They'll smash up. Mm -hmm. They did make it to Chicago. However, she was so jet lagged that when she went to put her clothes in the washing machine that she had, of course, wrapped the fucking glasses in, they went into the washing machine. So that's the sad karmic story of the Aperol spritz glasses (laughs) that made it back to America from Geneva but did not make it to a drinking, uh, to become a drink vestibule. So there it is. That's terrible. (laughs) Don't steal. Don't steal. Right. Yep. On that note, should we go to a quick break and we can all think about how bad I am, but also support the people that are advertising this episode so I don't have to steal? That's probably not a great intro. Uh, This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm speaking with the lovely Jackie from thirstynest.com and there'll be more of your questions, your boozy questions after this. 
Our lovely friends at Careof, which is a vitamin and subscription supplement service, have been partnering with Bridechilla for a couple of years now. And what really excites me is that they come back because you're into what they do. They tailor a vitamin plan to your needs. And they do this by asking you to take a quick online quiz. It's about five minutes where they ask you lots of questions about your lifestyle choices, what you eat, how much you exercise, what you want to improve, uh, especially when it comes to your health and vitality. And then they come up with a program, a plan of vitamins and supplements that they send you in these gorgeous little sachets. So every morning or night, you can rip open the sachet, swallow it, and know that you are taking all of the extra goodness that your body needs. They have vegan and vegetarian options available, and I love what they do. I have noticed a real change in my health with adding the right vitamins and supplements to my daily routine, especially when we're traveling or we're stressed, as we often are. Oh my gosh, who's not stressed? But just knowing that I haven't gone to the pharmacy and bought a lot of random vitamins that I don't know if my body actually needs and dumping a lot of cash that probably is wasteful. So there it is. I encourage you to check out TakeCareOf.com. And if you are new to the service, then you can use the code word BRIDECHILLER to receive 20% off your first month's order. Visit TakeCareOf.com and use the code word BRIDECHILLER for 20% off your first month's order. That is TakeCareOf and BRIDECHILLER together forever. Oh, gosh, I hope people don't think badly of me. If they do, we'll just move on with your lives and worry about other things. Jackie, uh, another question for you here. Um, How to manage an open bar in a way that doesn't cause all of your guests to get completely trashed? So that is a great question, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Well, I think there's a few things you can do. I think so much of setting up your bar is the power of suggestion. Mm -hmm. So making sure that your signature drink is low alcohol, because that will be what most people order. Um, Maybe either doing a spritzer like we were just talking about, uh, although you should probably pay for the glasses. uh, (laughs) Or uh, a shandy, something along those lines. Something so that when people are drinking it, they don't even realize that they're not taking in as much alcohol. Mm. And additionally, something to remind the staff is just water, water everywhere. People always forget to drink water, especially at outdoor summer weddings, and it causes a lot of problems. So definitely leave it around if you can. You got to do my David McCormack, my dad's rule is one glass of alcohol, one glass of water, and then you won't spew later on. (laughs) Is that how he says it? Yeah, basically. He's like, (laughs) now listen, if you're going to do it, you got to drink, you have your water, and that's how he speaks. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying. Actually, I'm not a vomiter, so I've never really – I've only tequila is the only thing that's made me spew up when I was quite young and silly. Gosh, I'm bringing out the fun facts, Jackie, for this episode. <laughs> um, just want to also mention about the spritz. I went to then – I went online to then buy the glasses because I was feeling bad and guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, can't buy them. Can't buy the glasses. So. Oh, so it is a good steal then, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> so if anyone from uh, whoever owns the Spritz company wants to send me some glasses and not to jail, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, next question. We are at a higher altitude. Oh, this is interesting. Than most mm-hmm. of our guests are used to and having an open bar. Do we need to do anything to warn people uh, about lower alcohol tolerance here? 
or just trust our bartender to cut people off. This is a good extension of the last question. And I think it's a really, really good question because it's something I think a lot of people wouldn't even know it affects you that way. Right. I actually, I'm wondering if I would even think about it myself. So Mm. uh, I I think it's hard to really rely on a bartender, cut people off. Of Mm. course they may have to, but the best is to keep people armed with the information in advance. So you can either do that by having staff tell them or putting signage. Someone actually suggested that in the uh, Facebook group, which I think is a great idea. Um, And adding it subtly to some of the menus is also good just to note, um, saying something along the lines of, just be aware at higher altitudes, alcohol may affect you differently, limit your drinking to X many drinks. Um, something along those lines, I think would be really helpful because I definitely would not even be thinking about it, which is why this was such a good question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it actually, it may do me do a Google as well, because I think a lot of, well, some people would have never experienced altitude at all and it can affect mm-hmm. people in really different ways. I know I, I have a good tolerance well, I, I don't get sick and breathless, but my husband Rich is a real altitude baby with it, and uh, <laughs> I'm really. I'd probably be the same. <laughs> it hits him really hard, and uh-huh. I'm always like, "Get up, get up!" Well, you know, because it's usually when we go skiing or something, and I want to get out, and I sound like such a selfish jerk. But last time we went, it really hit him, and um, he didn't want to drink or do anything. He didn't want to get out of bed. So I think, wow. yeah, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. I, I really sound mean today, Jackie. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Get okay. out of bed. I want to ski. You need Steel. some CBD. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some oil after this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a great one. This is just a good general alcohol question. What's a mixed drink we should all know how to make? Love these yeah. questions. Yeah. So I, I mean, this is very general, but I have a few of my favorites. I mean, we keep talking about spritzers. So, uh, I love spritzers because it really is just a style of drink. Um, that's good to know. Um, and it, it's really versatile. So it's really just any kind of aperitif that could be Aperol Campari or, um, Kochi Americano is another type. Um, there's a few other interesting ones. Like there's an artichoke one that I love called Chinar. Um, and you just take an ounce of that, some sparkling wine and seltzer, and that is it. And it's just great because you can do it at anybody's house with whatever they have typically. Um, and you feel like you can session with it, like have a couple of them and it won't really ruin your day or anything yeah. along those lines. That, um, that's, that's a good point oh, as well as it doesn't feel like a big, heavy mixed drink. They always feel light right. and like, oh, I'm a 50s housewife. I can carry on all night. <laughs> Exactly. Um, And then another drink I love to make is um, either a Negroni or Manhattan because similarly you can swap out the ingredients and make all different kinds of stirred boozy drinks at home. Um, A Negroni is sweet vermouth, gin, and Campari, but you can also swap that for bourbon vermouth and Campari and it's called a Boulevardier. Um, You can swap it with Mezcal and call it like a Oaxaca Negroni, I think it's called, something like that. a Manhattan uh, is just bourbon with a little bit of sweet vermouth, but you could also swap that with um, some maple syrup instead of the sweet vermouth to make something that's a little more tasting like fall. Um, so there's a few classic drinks that are just great to learn, and then you can kind of get creative and do whatever you like with them once you understand the ingredients. Oh, let loose. I love it. And yeah. You know what I love about Thirsty Nest? Do you know what I love about Thirsty Nest, your business, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Please tell me. I want to hear it. <laughs> all the nice extra stuff that you look at and go, 
all right, if if you have room to, I mentioned the bar cart before, you've got some lovely carts on your website and all the little accessories that aren't expensive, but they look really cool. And then when you learn to use them, you got this mm-hmm. skill that looks like mad skills when your friends come around and you, you, <laughs> you know, you're getting the rind of the orange or the lemon, or you're doing something of like that. I just think all of those little details, it's just a nice little extra thing and it makes you look fancy pants. Yeah, it's true. I I have so much fun with them, especially now that I have a baby and we can't go out at night as much anymore. (laughs) I just whip up a cocktail, feels like I'm out on the town, just pretend. And you don't have to get in an Uber and have to deal with other people. I think this, I congratulate you for that. (laughs) Exactly. No babysitters here. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Um, Carrying on from recipes, then one of our chillers has said, well, tell us, what is the secret to a really good dirty martini recipe, please? Now, sure. I have to mm-hmm. tell you, I'm ashamed. I have never had a martini and I feel deeply sad about that. And I'm going to- Really? I'm gonna, yeah. I, I was just trying to remember mouth taste of martini. I'm like, I, I don't think I've had one. Huh. No, no kind whatsoever? Even like a dry one? I don't even think I have. And now I'm going to, I've got a friend coming from Australia this weekend and she's going to be jet lagged and I'm taking her to the local bar to drink a martini. Yeah, I would love to hear what you think. I mean, it's basically a cup of alcohol, (laughs) but it is wonderful. (laughs) Um, I love dirty martinis, so this was a good question for me. Uh, So for a a dirty martini, you want two and a half ounces of gin or vodka. I actually prefer vodka. My husband prefers gin. Um, A half ounce of dry vermouth and a half ounce of um, olive brine or juice. They're essentially the same thing. Um, but to make it really well is all about the ingredients. So you want really good olive brine, not any kind of crappy like canned olives or anything like that. Even sometimes local farmers markets will have people that make pickles or olives and those will really be the best olive brine that you can find. Mm. Um, and the same thing goes for actually pickles are a great swap. I sometimes use spicy pickle juice instead of olive brine and it's so delicious. So uh, you can get creative there too. So this is just for dummy here. This is if you take the pickles out of the jar. That if you're buying a fancy pickle, it's the it's the mm-hmm. water, the brine, the water that it's in that you're putting in the drink. Exactly, and Amazing. same with the olives. Like the the jar you buy with the olives, like very good olives. Uh, the juice that those olives are soaking in, that's what you'll use in the cocktail. Ooh la la. Well, now I'm definitely mm-hmm. having one of these drinks on the weekend. I, I feel like a bit of a an an old maid for not having tried one. It's just never come up. Well, now's the t- perfect time, I think oh, it sounds like. <laughs> it's absolute market research and I could just put it on the business count. Um, exactly. I <laughs> love <laughs> uh, this one. Another question is regarding signature cocktails. We had a lot of questions about signature cocktails and uh, mm-hmm. I might even add a couple on at the ex- at the end now because there's been more coming through while we're talking. Um mm. So this this chiller says, I love the idea, but we aren't allowed to have hard liquor. So I was thinking about trying to make a signature cocktail with only beer, wine, or bubbly. Maybe mm-hmm. bubbly and a mixer, a sangria. Would love to hear what Jackie might suggest in this case. This is a good question because this is quite common as well that some licenses don't cover hard liquor at all. So you're out of luck. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I do think it's important to think through the signature cocktail because like I said before, it's what most people will order. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people end up putting an old fashioned, which I do love on the cocktail menu. And then everyone's just lost 
slosh. What's the word? How do I say? It? I like I like slosh. I like slosh or whatever. I like it all. Everyone is sloppy by the, by the time they, before you even get to the first dance. So um, I have a four rules that I always follow. Uh, number one is low alcohol, as I mentioned. Yep. Um, number two is make it pretty because people can take pictures of it and it's a nice addition to your Instagram feed. So think about the garnish, think about the color. You don't want like a Long Island iced tea is like pretty gross in the light of day. Um, mm. So always think about that a little bit uh, and make it easy to replicate for the catering staff. And lastly, make it yours in some capacity. So that could be taking a a regular recipe and just renaming it, which is adorable, Mm -hmm. or um, using something from a vacation you went on, one of your favorite bars. Um, And there are definitely a lot of easy ways to make this work without uh, liquor. So something like uh, I have a recommendation on my site for a redheaded uh, ginger, which is uh, Lille Rouge, which is this like wine aperitif mixed with ginger beer. Oh, um, and it's delicious Sounds and ginger beer is non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, or even a grapefruit shandy. So it's just grapefruit juice and wheat beer, super refreshing, great in the summer. Mm. Um, I think those are some good options. So really thinking through fruit juices, uh, um, even you might know this better than me, Alicia, but a snake bite. Did you ever drink one of those? What is that? I, when I studied abroad, they were everywhere oh uh, in Europe. Oh. So it's, delicious. It's very sweet, <laughs> but it's uh, half cider, half lager, and black currant syrup. Oh, like a Kia, like a like a. They've basically changed a bit of a, a Kia Royale or something. Is it like because that was one I was right. thinking of? But it's I suppose it's mildly like it's liqueur, isn't it? The black currant. It's uh, no, it's just syrup. It's like it? sugar. It's like yeah, um, which you can kind of buy. I actually used to drink it when I was little with seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just pour it into the cider beer mixture and it is really delicious um, and really like, and it has like a nice red color to it. So that's another great option too. It's good. I like a, lately I've been <laughs> making my own frosé, like a true like white girl, drunk girl, just putting it oh, in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. just And that's always mm-hmm. a fun drink and it's like, it's it just seems to work, rosé, mm-hmm. frozen, squish it around in the freezer and then uh, it's like a dessert and a drink all in one. Yeah, perfect for summer too. Yeah, when it's good, we're we're in the middle of winter here, and I'm still thinking mm-hmm. of summer vibes. <laughs> I'm willing it. <laughs> um, let's uh, a couple of quickies to finish us off. There's there's so sure. many so many good questions here. I'm just scanning through to see if we could um, we could hit a couple here. Um, is there a way to work with a venue about a large group of non-drinkers slash alcoholics discount? We do get this question. I know we've sort of covered it a little bit in the past, but it is hard when you're looking at your numbers and I know you have a fantastic alcohol calculator and uh, we've got one in the field bride chiller field guide that was uh, inspired by you Jackie I mentioned you in the book oh great um but we uh, it can be hard when you've got a whole bunch of big drinkers and then people that don't drink it's a tricky conundrum to be in when you're dealing with yes for sure yeah. Um, I'm not sure about a venue discount. I think I would just be realistic with them about the numbers of who is going to drink and who is not. Yeah. Um, and that's really the best you can do. I, it really would depend on your venue. Uh, obviously, it's best if it's BYO because then you have control. Yeah. Um, and making sure, as we talked about, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but making sure there's a lot of mocktail options is really nice too. Well, that's good. Um, 
Yeah, just to make sure everyone has something they can order because it's nice to belly up to the bar, whether you're having an alcoholic drink or not. Um, so I think that's what I would normally do. And uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to handle it. Lastly, um, one of our chillers has said, what do we do if we've got a group of really big drinkers? Should we give our venue a heads up so they don't run out of booze? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that sounds like a lot. The, they would have to drink a lot for yeah. a venue to not be able to handle it. I think it would be pretty dangerous. So I, I would trust that your venue has dealt with a wide swath of different groups of people. Um, although it sounds like your family is really fun. <laughs> Just uh, you could give them a heads up but I'm sure they've seen it all. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. They've probably got a back room of Uh, booze just ready for that family to kick off. Oh, yeah. Open the back room. They're ready. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just make sure they're aware and they'll handle the rest, hopefully. What a great variety of questions we have had today and what fabulous answers, Jackie. You're always on it. You're ready to roll. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I really love talking about all this with you guys. I love talking to you and I love love supporting your business and hopefully um, chillers will go and check out thirstiness.com. And if you are looking for a registry option that isn't crockpots and other boring things, then (laughs) head to thirstiness.com and also check out all your social media. It's lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. And uh, (laughs) next time, I know you'll be back. Happy Mm -hmm. days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.